you're listening to the Fem Foundry podcast with me, Pips Taylor. Now, Fem Foundry is a new home for womankind around the world. We are a one of a kind global community and we bridge the gap between the professional and the personal. And this podcast reflects just that. Try to wake myself up. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just myself laughing at bits. Ooh, I actually just dribbled. <laughs> Do you not do that to try and wake yourself up? No. No? Do you not? Particularly amusing on camera. Um, Thankfully, no one could see that, but I was just sort of uh, shaking my head um, to to get in the zone. Amy, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, babe. How are you? I am doing A-OK. Um, we've had a fun week, haven't we? We had lots of like really exciting Femme Foundry meetings. This, yeah, it's been last week was so great. I was like on such a high. Um, and yeah, there's so much exciting stuff going on. I was saying yesterday, like it's just it's all good. And um, it's really nice, especially after a lot of fucking hard work as well. So um I know yeah, yeah the hard the hard work is definitely paying off. And then I also it's just really wicked when you get those waves of like really good things happening in succession yeah it's like we're, we're on a peak at the moment and I'm like yeah, yeah let's let's keep it that way let's ride this wave a hundred percent there's no reason for it to, to to be any other way this is the last episode in season two of the Fem Foundry podcast however we have so much coming up in the app over the summer don't we Amy we are doing rolling out the first of our in real life we can actually see and touch each other how exciting um events and we've got loads coming so um yes we're very excited and they're all rolling out over the next two or three months over the summer so um yeah keep your eyes peeled and check out just check in with the app to see what we've got coming you can always sign up for our newsletter as well is a top tip because um you get notified of anything before anyone else and it has all the events in there along with loads of other great stuff too Yes, the newsletter is is full of great stuff, as well as a, a, a weekly meme, which I really love as well. Right? I, oh, I love that meme every week. And also, you know, what I love um, every week, which everyone, literally every week, people message me and they're like, God damn it, the drinks in here. What we are drinking is, I think we're all alcoholics, obviously, but uh, <laughs> all my friends are like, oh my God, this, the drink every week is so good. And there are some non-alcoholic ones as well, by the way. But yeah, uh, Alex love- and our team does a great job of picking those. We love a good tipple in the Fem Foundry team, don't we? We do, yes. And we've had in the app loads of new users. So it's really busy in there. There's some incredible people to connect with. Head on over when you can. Yeah, there's been quite a flurry of new newness, which is exciting. We like um, a flurry. We like yeah, a flurry at Fem like Foundry. We should have that as a section, a flurry. <laughs> it's a flurry. flurry this week. <laughs> um, I was also on the Wonderbirds um, podcast, which was exciting. It's my first sort of proper being interviewed on a podcast of that sort of level. Did and, you enjoy um, it? Yeah, I loved it. And it was it was quite funny because um, they all it was quite early in the morning when we recorded and they were all so glamorous. And I turned up obviously looking like this. And I was like, well, I've let the side down. <laughs> like, Not at all. I really enjoyed their reaction to Fem Foundry as well. Yeah. Um, and That's- how they really felt like they needed it in their life. Amazing. Just what Fem Foundry is all about, Amy. I know. Right, I'm going to get on to our final episode, which is the glorious Harriet Rose. I'm a massive fan of hers and have followed her career throughout my career too. She's one of my lovely friends and peers. Uh, she is a, a very hard grafting presenter. She's currently presenting Kiss FM Breakfast Show, which is huge. 
Uh, and she's just got such a fab energy. I find it really infectious and she's got a great positive outlook on life. And so she talks all about uh, her career and being queer and uh, the role that she has within her community. Uh, so I really hope that you guys enjoy it. Harriet Rose. Hi. You are an incredible TV and radio presenter, host of Kiss FM Breakfast Show presenter, backstage MTV VMA presenter, recently co-hosted the Gay Times Honours, a proud part of the LGBTQ plus community and an all-round positive legend. So it is such oh. a pleasure to chat to you today. How are you doing? I love being called a positive legend. That's like the best thing ever. You are. Uh, thanks, babe. Honestly, I, I felt quite shy listening to you listing all those things, but that is... That is a very lovely introduction, Pips. Listen. And you are also a lovely, gorgeous angel, so I'm glad to be here. Well, you know what? You have grafted so hard throughout your career. um, And I've watched you in awe for, you know, the past, especially, you know, past few years when everything's paying off and it's all coming together. And I just feel like you had such a great year last year. Um, But I kind of want to sort of hark back a little bit sort of think about when how you actually started out in telly and in and in radio presenting because I was thinking about it and I actually don't I don't know how you did start out and I'd love I'd love to know I was desperately sure that I wanted to be an actor and at school and I used to do all the plays um actually recently a few months ago posted some pictures of me being Nancy and Oliver and it really caused yeah caused a stir because I looked absurd and everyone was like what is this we need to see more footage of it I'm going to try and drag some up at some point but um I was convinced that's what I wanted to do but basically went to drama school went to goldsmiths and um did drama and I realized that I well when I say I realized someone told me my teacher was like you're not very good um yeah she was like look you're just really good at being an exaggerated version of yourself which isn't really acting (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh that's not very nice um but then I I was like well what do I want to do because I do want to perform and I do want to like talk to people and like every time I would do a play I would be like interacting with the audience so I was like oh maybe I want to be a presenter And for some reason, it just wasn't even in my hemisphere being a presenter. Like I'd never really thought about it. And then I just started doing it. I like roamed around because I went to Goldsmith. So I knew a lot of musicians um, and I used to just ask people to do interviews with me. And on my like iPad, I would like sit there and force them to, to chat to me. And that's where the love started. And I as soon as I started doing that, I never thought about acting again. I mean, I still would love to act at some point. Because I, I do find it fun. But I just loved interacting with real people in real time. Yeah, I'd love to see you acting at some point as well. I think that's definitely got to be on the list at some point. Um, do you do you feel like you found success fairly quickly or did it feel like it was quite a long journey to recognition or a little bit of both? It was long. It was long. <laughs> but like, it's. I guess... Um... It's a weird one, and I'm sure you can vibe with this. You know, we do the same thing of you kind of have these peaks and troughs when you're going into it. And But I always have felt that mine was a very slow and gradual rise. Yeah. Not ri- ugh, I hate saying rise like I'm some sort of like, but you know what I mean, like gaining sort of more jobs and a bit more like 
notoriety. I, I did yeah, a bit but so, slow and steady, I, slow and steady. And also, you need to get you need to get better at kind of you know bigging yourself up because you've what? always you've always bit Lego. Look at you like literally vomiting on the mic. I love it because you've always been so humble and kind of you know in you know you just kind of you've just always kind of got on with it and I've always really loved and admired and respected respected that um about you because you just put the work in and you've just as you say like just it's like slowly just gone incremental but over you know period of time and it's so deserved like some of the some of the jobs that you were doing last year and to see you like absolutely smashing it is is just phenomenal stop it you're making me blush do you feel I know but I mean do you feel like you know do you feel like you're like yeah this is this is it's it's happening now do you know what I had quite a big mad few years where I had a big breakup um with someone who I'd been with for a long time and it kind of felt like the world was like what is going on and in that time I ended up just completely focusing on my job and things just started happening that I I literally was like what why what and in the middle of the pandemic I was lucky enough to get the job at Kiss and and I and I I guess alongside doing a lot of therapy (laughs) and speaking to my friends and like having my family very closely around me I just started to really appreciate every single thing that I was getting and it's it blew it honestly blew my mind out of this universe the things that I got to do last year I was so grateful to have the opportunity but also to see that I I guess that t- sort of 10ish years where I'd been working on it I looked back at that and I was like thank goodness that I did that years because I wouldn't have had the strength and the experience to be able to do any of the stuff that I cuz I always thought I'm ready I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't yeah. ready. I wasn't. And it's and it's also being at a place where you can actually really enjoy, like you know, you can you can do do the work and actually really enjoy the process rather than feel like you know you're potentially sort of like on the back foot or you're not, you know, you may have a bit of imposter syndrome or like anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, you, as you mentioned, you joined Kiss FM in September 2020. Pretty bad year for most people. However, you landed your dream job, yeah. which I love that. <laughs> Uh, it's just really showing that hard work pays off there. How on earth do you manage the early mornings? Because you're on air at six o'clock. Oh, yeah. Do you know what's really funny about you just mentioning that? I just said last year, it's two years ago. Well, not two years, but like it's 2020. I keep thinking it was 2021, but it was 2020. Um, how do I handle the early mornings? Um, I am actually very bizarre. My sleeping pattern already is bizarre. And because I love, and this is going to sound really sort of lame, but because I love my job so much, I don't care what time I have to get up. Having said that, there have been a few mornings where I've gagged when I woke up because it's been so hideous because maybe I've had too many glasses of wine the night before. Um, but in general, honestly, I don't really mind because I really love it and it's yeah my dream. Are you... A- have you always been an early riser then? Because I'm pretty awful in the mornings. So I'm always really intrigued as to how on earth people, like well, actually what works for them genuinely. I Some people do just have that annoying, not, not that it, you know, it's not annoying, but it's annoying for me. Like, oh my God, I can just so do, deal with the mornings. Whereas I'm like, I am literally about to kill someone in the morning. Yeah, I, I feel you, but I am a bit of a morning person in the sense that good. I've always been able to sleep until midday if I want to. But like being freelance meant that before I was kind of doing jobs like I am now all all week, you know, I've got something on. Mm. Before that, I was doing one job every two weeks. So I had to put in a routine where I was like, you have to get up. Because if I didn't, I'd feel like down and depressed and like yeah. not doing enough. So I got into this routine 
And there are times now when I'll like voice note my manager and I'll just be like, because I'll have been up and then I'll go to another job and go to another job. But I can't tell, I'm so grateful. I can't complain because I didn't work for so long, you know, consistently. So with the getting up in the morning, I bought one of those Lumi lights. So it wakes me up gradually. That's a tip. Like that. The other tip is um, drinking loads of water. I know that sounds weird, okay. oh. but just super hydrated stops you from being um, too grumpy when you wake up. And do you have naps later on in the day? All day, all the time. Okay. Another that. thing that my manager is constantly like, she'll text me at one minute and then she'll text me 10 minutes later and then I'll reply in another 10 minutes. She's like, And I'm like, I've just had a nap. She's like, a 20 minute nap. And I'm like, yeah, it's all about organized napping. I can take a 27 minute nap is the ideal nap. Okay. Wow, yeah. that is quite precise. Why twenty seven? I don't know. It's it's on that. I've got one of those apps, Calm, and it's a twenty seven minute nap. And I think it's something about sleep cycles. It's like a mini sleep cycle, so you don't go into deep sleep. You just go into a little rested body phase, and it makes a humongous. This if I don't do it, and I'm going to a big job, I it's a bit like when I'm on my period. I'm ready to like bite someone's head off at any moment. I mean, I never do. <laughs> But internally, I'm like, if I'm tired or hungry or on my period, yeah. you don't want to mess with me. No, I'm, I'm with you. It's, that, it's mainly the hanger for me. Yeah. Um, I can survive on very little sleep at the moment. But yeah, I'm not a napper though. So I'm, I'm really going to have to try and learn. You need to learn, babe, because you need that. You need nothing. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need nothing in my life. Um, you recently co-hosted the Gay Times Honest with Tom Rasmussen. How was that experience? Because it looked fucking fantastic. It was fucking fantastic, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, that was a mind blow moment again for me where I was like, wow, I am such a proud member of the queer community. And to be able to represent us alongside Tom, who is wonderful and incredible as well. It was just mind blowing. Like that we had in the audience, we had like, so many trailblazers, so many incredible icons of the LGBT community, like Monroe Bergdorf was winning an award. Uh, Rina Sawayama was performing. There was so many amazing people there. Um, Jade from Little Mix was there, you know? It was big, it was big. And I was like, I can't believe I'm on stage making people laugh. I can. I just don't get it. <laughs> I, I, I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand how I've got here, but I was so grateful and it was honestly the biggest honor. And huge shout out to Tom, who we met on Instagram like two weeks, three weeks before we were going to do it. We started chatting and they were just stunning and wonderful and so warm. And we got on instantly like a house on fire. We have the same sense of humor. So it ended up actually just being like a fun night out. Um, We just had a good laugh whilst also being mic'd up. Yeah. They look like an absolute hoot, by the way. Oh my god, they are! They are! I literally amazing. Want to be those friends massively? Yeah. Also, um, can I just say, I was never going to do a costume change. I've never done a costume change in my life, but because of Tom, I did three costume changes. Because Tom was like, wow. "I'm doing three costume changes," so I was like, "I can't wear the same thing." If you all night, yeah. So I had to. I, I, for the first time ever, I became a Mariah Carey level of diva and had three costume changes. Well, good, because it's about time. Now, you're literally like the ultimate backstage reporter, and I'm sure there must have been some happenings uh, on the evening of the the Gay Times Honours. Have you got any little good stories that you can share with us? I've got an amazing story, but it might be a bit boring because it's not about anyone famous, because it's about me. 
Um, well, no, that's good. We like stories about you, Harriet. That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> but what um, this was amazing. So we had the night. It was great. Um, we we didn't really mess up, which was like, you know, it's a real 10 out of 10 when you don't that's, mess that's up a tick. live on stage. But um, what did happen was after we sort of finished, I went up to have a picture with some of my friends who my friend Absolute was DJing. There was another DJ playing at the time and another friend of mine, Jaguar, was DJing. And so I was there with them and I went to get in the picture and I fell backwards off stage um, and flashed my tits to the entire crowd. Luckily, everyone was too busy having a drink to notice. But I, I put it up on Instagram the next day and about seven people replied saying, oh yeah, that was one of my favorite points of the night when I saw you do that. Because I, <laughs> I disappeared off, like literally through the, like, through the curtain, but I fl managed to oh flash my, my nipples at everyone. So free the nipple is all I would say on that. Well, we're all for free the nipple here at Femme Foundry, you know that. You are like such a bag of energy, always kind of like on, especially when you're, you know, on, on the camera and stuff. How do you like look after yourself and safeguard your energy? Do you find it hard to be on all the time or are you genuinely just always buzzing? Uh, it's a very good question. I... I've really learned a lot about this in the lot in in during the uh, I don't want to talk about it too much, but the, during the pandemic, I have learned um, that I am actually a bit introverted because I do have this like I have a lot going on in personality. There's a lot there. There's a lot of loudness, a lot of chatting, and I've noticed that I really do need to recharge alone. So I actually don't recharge. I reach, I sort of like expend and then I go away and I don't talk to anyone for like, for example, like when I came back from the EMAs, I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just need, yeah, for like two days. Yeah, I just need <laughs> to literally, and people would be asking me to do things and, and I was just like mute. I just couldn't, I really didn't know um, how to kind of channel it. And that, so the thing that I do to look after myself is making sure that I can go away and have time on my own where I literally don't talk to anybody um or say anything of note because I mean a lot of what I say isn't of note anyway but you know I just need to be silent for a good couple of days I mean I am looking forward to having like regular breaks like I think that is <laughs> that's my key journey is because I never used to go on holiday when I wasn't working because I was scared because I was like I'm not working at all so I don't want to go on holiday and now I'm and it's a classic thing yeah it's a classic thing of also you like if you book a holiday and you're going to get a job and then you're like oh then you're like do you cancel your holiday exactly but my now new thing is that I just want to go on weekends away because obviously I'm on um on kiss during the week and so weekends I can just toddle off and go wherever I want where have been the destinations of choice recently oh I went uh last year I went to the pig which is one of my favorite hotels oh, so good yeah I so I'm a DJ I'm basically their sort of resident DJ and I have yeah. a stage at their pet festival, Smoked and Uncut, which everyone should come to this summer. It's going to be amazing. Um, we, I'm in for sure. Oh my god, the light, <laughs> the lineup is unreal. You should go and check it out. And I have a thing called Harriet's House Party where we take over one whole tent and we do. I have special guests who come and DJ with me. Like last year before last, we had like Grimmy and Professor Green, and it was really great. Um, but yeah, the pigs my top destination. A little bit of. A little bit of a, a nice pl uh, somewhere in the middle of nowhere is what I like. Yeah, you need to just kind of get away from everything and reconnect with nature and just sort of be still. You've been in the music industry for a really long time and obviously you're a, a successful DJ. 
but I feel it's still really male dominated when it does come to lineups and we need more diversity in all areas, not just obviously with performers. As a DJ, how do you think we can level the playing field when it comes to lineups? I just think we should hire more women. Like it's mad to me that there are still huge festival lineups in terms of not just DJs, but in terms of like female musicians. Like I know that there is a lot of London festivals that can do a heck of a lot better where it's like one or two females on the lineup. Um, And especially, you know, in a time where we want to be supporting um, and bigging up other people that aren't usually on those lineups, like it's quite clear the disparity between men and women and also men and also non-binary people, women, trans people, making sure that we put totally more representation more people of color more black people more um more representation so that when people are going to festivals they can see themselves performing on stage and feel that energy that that then might inspire them to want to go into music or be a manager or you know work in that arena it just feels feels like things are changing but there's a lot more to do what changes would specifically would you like to see do you think if you could wave your Harriet Rose magic wand. In terms of music or in terms of just the industry or... In terms of, I suppose, in terms of the music industry. I think I want to see more diversity in general that isn't coming from a place of trying to quote unquote tick a box. So, you know, when somebody says, oh, I don't have a person of colour, a black person, a a woman, a non-binary person, a trans person that would fit this role... There are thousands and thousands of people in the industry that are working incredibly hard who are so talented and should be being put up for these roles and these positions and these awards mm. and these, um, you know, uh, position on a lineup of a, of, a, of a festival. And it needs to come from a place of actually getting off our asses and finding people that are yeah. incredible talents because they're everywhere. And being Mm. able to go to a festival as a young person, um, irrelevant of your, you know, being able to see yourself represented, irrelevant of your skin colour, of your sexuality, of your gender identity, you know, being able to look up and go, well, actually, I'm not just seeing one of like the same kind of person Mm. over and over again. I'm seeing a plethora that I can relate to, whether it's I'm seeing a person that I can relate to because of their sexuality gender race or whatever it's Mm. that's what the aim is to be able to the young people to be able to look up and say yeah i am represented on this stage on this tv screen on this but also going into the music industry as a whole more management level roles for diverse people so because the thing is you don't get the correct demographic of opinions if your opinions are only from white straight um, cis men yeah, or, totally. You know, it's and I'm not saying that all it's all white straight cis men, but that is a predominant, you know, factor in management in big business mm. and in the music mm. industry. And we're seeing it changing now, but mm. we need to change that way more. Getting people in to the business side of it as well as in the front of it, not just yeah, like you know, it needs to fill. It needs to filter all the way through because I think that's that's when the, that's only when you get a real rich diversity of. Of, of culture and of opinion and actually that's when the most magic's going to happen because you don't want all the same people you know making the same decisions or you know what I mean it's just like we're, we don't want none of us want that anymore you know but also you we, won't we get want... the answer that you want 
Because like, exactly. you know, if you do a pub quiz, you want people of different, like, for example, I did one with my mate the other day and we, we're so similar. I was like, this is rubbish. We're going to know all the same yeah. answers. And it's like, <laughs> you want to have, and in, in, a work, in a work sense, when you're in a work environment, I mean, you want diversity so that your opinions can go, okay, so I'm now seeing the side of someone who doesn't live the same life as me and someone who yeah. has a different sexuality to me or is a different race to me or whatever it is so that you can get that different opinion so that you can create something even better, you know? Mm, absolutely. And I think you're bang on there. I read a, an Instagram post around Pride when you said that you're now at a point where you're really proud to be queer, mm. but you used to be a bit terrified of it. Mm. And I'm sure we'll have some listeners who can really relate to that feeling. So I'd love to know how you came to, to em- embrace it and to kind of really, you know, be, be proud of it. Well, there's sort of two sides to it, really. When I first came out, I um, was scared of not having a quote-unquote normal life because I wanted to have kids and have a family. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to have that now because I fancy girls. And then that quickly went away when I realised that, like, when I first ever, like, dated a girl and I was like, oh, this is this feels very right to me and it makes me happy, I quickly realised that, you know, it was the right thing for me. And then when I was as a queer person, sort of like neg- like negotiating my journey in that world, I felt very ostracized from both sides because I wasn't straight, but I wasn't gay. So I didn't feel like a lesbian, but I also didn't feel straight. And I was like, I didn't like the use of the word bisexual because it feels really sexualized because of the way men have sexualized it, basically patriarchy of sexu- sexualized bisexuality. And I felt very quiet about my gayness. I was like, I don't really want to say to people, like talk to people about being queer because I'm I'm not just queer. I'm, you know, I'm not just, sorry, I'm not just gay. I, I do fancy men. I fancy women, um, fancy non-binary people. And um, uh, it was very confusing to me to feel, I, I just didn't feel part of any group. And then I finally realized that was kind of in my head and I was kind of like, scared of admitting maybe that I was queer and therefore I didn't feel I fit in and the minute I started just realizing that I was queer and I could talk about it and I could say because I kind of felt like for example if I'd posted on Instagram about something about queer life people would be like well you're not really gay are you because you're like only sometimes gay um and that I know it's weird but it's kind of a part of the community there is a bit of um a gray area around bisexuality where some people feel like it's like well, how bisexual are you? And ironically, like when I when I sort of like came out as gay, I I I haven't actually like dated a man since then. Even though I would date, I would love to date a man or a woman. Like it doesn't make any difference to me or a non-binary person. Um, but it just happens to be that I've dated women. And the more I got to talk about it, the more I felt open and the more people responded. And then I realized how positive it was to be able to talk about it and how how many messages I get from mums being like, my daughter's coming out, she's 13 and she doesn't know quite what to do, but we're supporting her and we love to hear your voice on the radio talking about it. You know, it, it, it just goes to show that whoever you talk to, whether it's you talk to your 10 followers or your thousand followers or your five mates, you could be changing someone's mind all their life by helping them feel yeah. more normal. 
Absolutely. And I think the only way to be able to kind of become comfortable with things and to embrace things is to be really open because Mm. the more we share our stories, the less isolating it is for ourselves and then also for other people. And the the community that you can find within within being like that is I think is 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 really special. And I and yeah, and I completely agree. And I feel very lucky to be able to share because there are so many people who can't, you know, for religious reasons or for family reasons or whatever. And there is that element of reminding people that it's it doesn't have to be everybody that you tell. But if you can tell, if you can talk to someone, if you can share, it does definitely help. But not everyone can. So I feel very privileged to be able to do that as well. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who may be struggling with their identity or sexuality at the moment who may be listening? I would say um, try your best not to focus on an answer. Because I think sexuality is fluid. So for me, for example, I can change day to day on the type of person that I'm looking for in terms of gender or gender identity. And, you know, one day I might really fancy a man and be like, wow, I really fancy this guy. I don't know what's going to happen. And and it just me, it, it, it kind of is about taking away that pressure of it being one way or the other and letting yourself know that, for example, if you're queer and you're, you're not necessarily sure whether you are gay or bi or pan or whatever, is letting go of that for a moment and just experience it, experiencing it for yourself, learning, growing. You can say one thing now and change your mind. It doesn't mean you have to stay that way for the whole of your life. You could be completely straight now and by the end of your life, you believe that you feel that you are now gay. Like that is okay because it's not really anyone else's fucking uh, business. And also um, it's a spectrum and you do not have to fit anywhere specifically on that spectrum. If you fancy one person of the same sex in your whole life, you can still call yourself bisexual, queer, pansexual. There is no Richter scale for gayness. It is just how you feel. Yeah, I think that's such good advice and also such a good explanation as well of sort of you know how you can kind of you know kind of like sort of live you know enjoy your feelings and can because I feel like often there's so many so many labels and it can be so overwhelming and maybe there are you know in some ways some days there might be feel that it's it's, it's too there's too many things going on Mm. and you just you don't know because your feelings are changing all the time so I think that's actually really great that's really great advice. That's why I use the word queer because it kind of encompasses yeah. a lot of things and I'm like, yeah. I, I don't want to have to tell you specifically who I fancy, so I'll just say queer. No, totally. You're a huge part of the queer community. What else do you think needs to needs to change, do you think, uh, within the community? Because I feel like there's lots of progress on the surface with marriage and conversations on trans rights and, and awareness. Is that filtering through the community or do you still feel that there is a lot of work to do? Something I feel that wider needs to change is protection of trans people because um, we do not do enough to help protect our trans brothers and sisters. Um, And it is a matter of life and death because a lot of people are being you know, this is a serious issue. And what I think a lot of people don't understand is it's it directly translates to violence. More money and time spent on trans rights and also um, protecting young trans people. Um, yeah. And uh, getting fucking rid of conversion therapy because Jesus Christ, why are we still doing that? 
yeah why that i mean it's it's, ab, it's abhorrent so it's, it's that's the thing it's like i think that you know you, we can look and we can see you know and, and as you've highlighted some of the issues that actually need addressing uh and that one thing about fem foundry which is you know we we like to talk about these things and we like to try and take action on them you know and actually direct people to the app and to the community where they can you know help to you know, help and actually do things and take act and, and and have social impact um what what specifically do you think would you really like to see in in terms of you know how how could how can we support that community better i think the best way to support the lgbtq plus community is by telling LGBTQ plus stories. So telling the stories of the trans women who have been fighting and doing so much to change the legality, but also the uh, physical side of it. So in terms of how you go about transitioning, how easy that is, how, um, and also learning um, points. So education for people so that they can understand what actually um, they're talking about and what they're learning about and what they're hearing about and how they can help this group of people the more you know knowledge is power like we know that the more you know about personal pit stories which I think we've learned over the last two years in terms of in terms of like the Black Lives Matter movement and the resurgence of that and and what happened to George Floyd like when we hear these personal stories it helps people to really understand what is actually going on and I'm learning so much all the time by listening to we other people's stories yeah. and it's like yeah. that personal element where it's like this is what's happening to a person in real life in real time listen understand and realize the impact it's having on actual humans not just statistics and and things like that you know it needs to be you're so right it needs to be personalized and you, one of the things that you've been working on uh, well you, you worked on last year was queer me out the chasing tales podcast uh, which you did with uh, the gay times and w hotel which is tales of epic destinations told through queer voices and i just thought it was such a great idea how did you come to create that series gay times approached me um with w hotels and they were just really excited to get me on to talk to because I've worked with them a lot and they kind of like my vibe and my energy with things and I was so excited to talk to so many queer icons but also to talk about the history and the safety of like different places in Europe in terms of being in the queer community. Kenny one of the DJs um, you know he was around um, in the sort of like 70s when things were very different but also was able to tell me the kind of journey from then to now and um, all the different clubs that inspired him, but also, you know, the the kind of European places that really um, touched him in terms of being a queer person and, and feeling safe. And it was just nice to kind of get into that with different people and learn those. And also kind of informative, like here's a good place to go if you're gay in a, in a, on holiday, you know, because it is it can be dangerous um, to be to be queer. Absolutely. Where would you say your all time top LGBT uh, Q plus destination is right now. I tell you where it is. It's Barcelona. Barcelona is where I have been gay clubbing, but I haven't done yeah. a heck of a lot of that because mm. since coming out, I was with one person for a long period of time, and we didn't necessarily go to the gay areas because I just was quite shy about it. I just was kind of gay, but then 
you know, I didn't go out on destination holidays where I'd be like, I want to go and check out the queer culture. But when I've gone with friends, Barcelona, I would say is probably the destination where I've gone to the gay clubs and loved it. But honestly, the London gay clubs, I just don't really travel that much because I work so much. But um, but I'm next year. Well, no, this year I'm going to be going um, to most of the places, the W hotels to, to go and check out the areas because I haven't done it yet. And I'm desperate after those podcasts. That's great. You can have like a proper trip. Yeah. And make a little series for us. Yeah. <laughs> Part of our jobs is as well is is the you know, social media. Do you find it as a positive space for you? Um yes and no. Predominantly yes though. Uh I would say like in uh December 2020, I had to isolate because I came into contact with someone and it this was before we had vaccines and stuff. So um you know, I isolated on my own for Christmas and New Year and I fully let loose on social media and I was like more myself than I've ever been in my life. And it got I ended up interacting so in such a lovely way with so many people that it really brought another level to social media. I sort of stopped also over that time worrying about what people thought. I just thought like, oh, do you know what? Fuck it. Like if people don't like me, they can unfollow me and then I'll, I'll get over it, you know. I just really wanted to be myself and be the weird person that I am in real life on social media. So people, people, when they saw my stuff, knew what they were getting. Cause it's like, I'm the same person at home sat here as I am when I'm in front of a camera. Um, I still talk to myself when I'm home alone. Um, and so I do find a lot of solace in it. However, I have found recently um, great, great joy in taking massive breaks from it. Mm. I think you have to don't you it's like it's 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 a it's a blessing and a curse because I think if you if you get really really stuck into it you can just scroll and scroll and scroll and waste lots of time and you can depending on what mind frame you're in you know you can compare and despair you know you can kind of depending on how you're feeling it it it's either the best thing in the world or can actually make you feel a bit shit so it's just you yeah you've got to just kind of keep keep going on that and just be mindful, don't we? Yeah. Um, now, here at Fem Foundry, our four main pillars are physical health, financial health, spiritual health, and mental health. So we always do a quick fire with our guests, and I would love to know what works for you for each and sort of like how you look after each pillar. So let's start with physical health. I um, I need it for my mental health. So I, I do, I have a personal trainer, which I feel very lucky to have, and I go to the gym. So more recently, I've been going less because I'm more busy, which is kind of nice because I'm not feeling guilty about it because I'm busy with work. But um, yeah, I I have to. I love strength training. I love getting stronger and stronger. It makes me feel quite powerful and it really helps get me out of my head. So yeah, big one for me. And what about your financial health? I get money and then I spend it and then I go, oh, oops. And then I just go and make some more because I need to. I know. Well, do you know what? That's it's it's very common for for us as women to, to to do that because we're not taught yeah how to look after it, you know. And it's it's not you know we, it's something that you have to kind of you know seek out yourself and sort of try to understand. I used to be really rubbish at it, but I've have have got better. And also since doing this podcast, I've got better because people have done like loads of great tips and things. So there's lot lots of articles and things that you can find in Fem Foundry. Yes, um, I need to I need to on, read on them because to... I do need to get better. I am a bit better than I used to be, but yeah, definitely not the greatest. Not the greatest. <laughs> 
that's what you can't have everything Harriet no. do you know what I mean you can't have everything <laughs> and I feel I feel like you're quite a spiritual person you know I feel like you're on a level of sort of spirituality do you think that's fair to say yeah I'm very spiritual I really believe in the universe and uh law of attraction and um I subscribe to a thing called Luna Living with Kirsty Gallagher who is not the sports presenter she is a moon expert she is amazing like it just looks into like the energies of the moon and how that affects your body as a woman and uh, I really follow the moon I am a crystal person I carry crystals around with me everywhere and I genuinely believe in that the law of attraction but not necessarily the bones of the secret I believe in I've read a lot of different things and I've come to my own conclusions about what works for me and a psychic did once say to me, I'm a very quick manifester. So I'm trying oh, like I'm that. trying to like keep that going. And how do you look after your mental health, Harriet? Um oh, I'm one of the I'm I am i am one of the things I'm trying to learn is when things are stressful, not to just drop everything that is good for my mental health. Um so that's something I'm trying to learn. Um I'm I'm with you on that because I feel like as you said you know as when you get busy the first thing to go is the gym it is it is all the sort of self-care practices that you have in place because you're on like autopilot you know so I I really get that do you, you, do you think you're going to be able to manage to do that what do well, you think might help mine you? is it mine is never the gym it's always the the meditation which is the thing that I really need to do and like I do these like yoga meditation um, online things um, with Kirsty Gallagher and, and lots of different people. And I'm always like, oh, I don't want to do it. And then when I do, it, I feel amazing. So it's about re- teaching myself because I used to be like that with exercise and now I love exercise. So I need to teach myself in the same way that the outcome is always great. So you've just got to do it. Absolutely. Um you have you do you you just have to to just do it and and force yourself and also as you say you never feel rubbish after it's like a workout yeah and you can just Um, do five minutes of meditation you don't even need to do more than that but Mm. remembering also to be kind to yourself harriet it's been such an actual real life pleasure having a chat to you um just before you go what do you think of our new app have you have you had a chance to download it yeah i'm loving the updated app i think it's really amazing also good for people like me who've got quite a short attention span because you can do the little academy sessions things like things tips for your mental health which is the kind of stuff I need I need something short easy that I can just grab onto and learn something about also I do kind of want to learn about cryptocurrency I can't see it happening right now because I'm so busy but I am actually desperate but those kind of things really interest me like stuff that I know nothing about I kind of like that I can log on and learn things that I would never have even thought of. And then there's obviously the Leaders Lounge where you can kind of connect with other people. Like, you know, if I'm looking for a DJ or if I'm looking for someone to speak at an event or whatever, you know, I can go on there and message people, which is just so easy. It's like, you know, sometimes you just need to have that kind of link, quick link, and you don't even need to worry about it. Problem solved. You know what I mean? I love that. Um, you're using it very well, my friend. Um, and just finally, before you go, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given that you can share with us? I I would say this is going to sound lame, but um, it's not the best. It, lots of different people have given me this advice in different forms. And it is essentially what will be will be. So whether it's a relationship um or a job or something you feel really passionately about if it wasn't meant to be it's not going to happen if that person has to walk out of your life it doesn't mean that they're not going to ever walk back in 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 another form but it does mean you need to let it go 
uh, because basically this too shall pass. We all know that in those situations of pain and frustration, that it is teaching you a higher lesson. And the biggest thing I've learned in the last two years is those painful, horrible things are teaching you something so important that you're then going to take on to mean that the next situation that you go into is going to be so much less painful. And I've genuinely had evidence of that where I've had the most painful scenarios in the world. And when they've happened again in a similar way, but a different circumstance, I've been able to smile and walk away from the situation in such a better way than I have before. And I think that works for people in our career or in any career when it comes to getting a job or not getting a job, that job wasn't went for you. And it might, that job wasn't meant for you. And it might end up opening up for an even bigger, better, more important job that's coming your way. I love that. I think that's such a good, a good piece of advice. I hope so. It does help me. Harry, Harriet, you've been an absolute honour to have on. It's been so nice to chat to you. Really lovely to see you and catch up. Thank you so much, babe. That was wonderful. Oh, big thanks to Harriet Rose for coming on and for all my wonderful guests this season uh, for the Fem Foundry podcast. Uh, we're having a little break because we've got loads of exciting things happening in real life, uh, but we will be back later this year. So do head over to the Fem Foundry app wherever you download yours. We can't wait to see you in there.